obviously, I'm continuing to glorify God. Um, you know, this year we looked at giving God our best, Endeavor to become a greater church, and that's why you've got E-N-D-V-R, Endeavor, um, giving God your best. And one of the things we talked about this, this year is living daily, living daily, not just God, you know, at the weekend or on a Sunday, um, but actually on a daily basis, putting God into your life. And um, I looked at David earlier on and uh, said that David was somebody who prepared himself to do great things with God, but he did it on a daily basis. He didn't get to the great opportunity and think, wow, I'm going to glorify God and take down Goliath and then, you know, become king. He actually put things in place on a daily basis, daily disciplines. And um, I want to look at David again this morning because David is a great inspiration. Jesus is the ultimate because he's the king of kings. But David was a, he was a human being and he had faults and failures. But there was something about David, his intimacy with God, that he was able to grasp and bring glory to God. He also messed up, as we can read about it, but actually he knew that who God was. And I've called this title, Maximizing Your Potential for the Glory of God and for the Good of Others. You know, it was quite funny, actually, because when Ben put these slides up, for some reason, he put for the glory of God and for the food of others. And I was like, Ben, that's wrong. And it quite made me laugh because I thought, yeah, we, we, we are human and we make mistakes, aren't we? And we try our best to glorify God, but we make mistakes. But I believe David maximized his potential for the glory of God and for the good of others. And there's an opportunity that David gets. I want us to read in 1 Samuel 17, verses 38 to 40, but also verse 45 from the NIV. And it says, so this is an opportunity that David has to take down Goliath. We, most of us know the story. If we don't know the story, go home and read it in the book of Samuel. And uh, David gets an opportunity to take down this Goliath who's been intimidating God's chosen army. Okay, The people of Israel, they have the blessing of God, yet they are not living in the blessing that they should do because they've been intimidated by this enemy. So we read here, and Saul, the current king of Israel, says this, or he does this. Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. And then he said, I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I'm not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand chose five stones from the stream, put them in his pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand, approached the Philistine. You know, I read this scripture, and something jumped out at me that I want to use as an illustration to help you remember something a little bit deeper than this, but just as a, an illustration to help you remember something about how what you can take with you to maximize your potential on a daily basis, to glorify God and for the good of others. Because David wasn't just fighting for his own glory. David knew who God was, and he knew that God could get the glory in this situation. But he also knew there were other people who were suffering, who actually, if I break through in this situation, some other people are going to get the benefit and the blessing of it as well. So David knew that the glory of God was not just for him. What he discovered, it was for God's glory ultimately, but also for the others to uh, be in the blessing and the glory of God. Are you hearing that? So that must be our attitude and our heart 
Not that it's about us, but actually it's about God first, but it's also for the benefit of others. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul. Greatest commandment, Jesus said, and love your neighbor as yourself. You see, the blessing of God, the glory of God is not just for you. It's to glorify God and point to him, but it's also for the good of others. It's for your family. It's for your neighbor. It's for your friends. It's for somebody else to receive of the blessing that God wants to give to you. So David has this opportunity. But what he does, he goes to the river and he puts his hand in the river, okay? And he picks out five smooth stones, And I want to give you five stones that you can carry with you. Five messages, five words, five promises from God that you can carry with you so that when you face the enemy, when you face your giant, you can remind yourself that God has given something for me that will, just like with David, toot down Goliath, these words, these promises will take down this giant. And I don't know what your giant is. It might be intimidation. It might be guilt. It might be shame. It might be lack of worth and inadequacy. I'm not good enough. These might be the giants that are robbing you of the blessing of God to glorify him and for the good of others. Because everybody else suffers when you don't feel good about yourself. Ask your husband. Ask your wife. They live with you. Ask your best friend. Ask your work colleague. They suffer when you're not in the fullness of what God's got for you. And God's like, I poured out my glory, I've given it your all, and I want to give it to you. You just need to receive it and live in it. So I want to give you five stones. David put his hand in the river and pulled out five stones. Are you hearing that? We've got to get ourselves of an understanding who we are in Christ Jesus, who we are in the river of God, and then that we can become everything that God's got for us. So we can maximize this potential, take down the, the, the giants of this world. That's what we did when we give food out to the kids over there. We actually united together for the glory of God and for good of others. We put our differences aside and said, look, there's a cause that's greater than us. So let's put into this, and together when we do that, we can do far greater than we can on our own. But when we're doing it on our own, we can't do that. Because it becomes about me, and me getting the glory, and, and, and how my gifts, and how my talented. No, 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 your gifts and your talents are for others to benefit. And you're hearing. So I want to give you five stones that we are in Christ Jesus. I want to give you these stones, and I want you to pick them up, and I want you to carry them, and I want you to take them with you, and when you need to use them, Begin to use them. Begin to confess them. Begin to pronounce them against any intimidation or anything that tries to rob you of living the life that God wants you to live. He wants you to be blessed. He wants you to be be rich. He wants you to be abundant. Do you believe that? But we have some things up here that we have to deal with, that we have to defeat. So I'm going to give you five stones. There's more than five words, but I've actually fitted them into five, right? (laughs) So the first one is this. If we're to understand and maximize this potential that God has given us, we've got to understand that we are blessed. You're blessed. See, if we're dealing with inadequacy and not enough and lack of worth, we have to go back to the maker, the creator, as Sarah said, who in the beginning created the earth with such abundance and blessed it with goodness and declared it good and then made man and said it's very good. He blessed it. And God wants to know how blessed you are. It's not in you, it's in him. Let's read what it says in Ephesians. The book of Ephesians was written by Paul to help the church expand their mind to see how great God is. In all the difficulties and all the mess, the churches are falling out. Paul's like, I know you fall out, but look at the bigness of God. 
Let me just expand your horizon. Let me just widen your mind. Let me just widen your heart to see how great God is and how awesome he is so you can realize how blessed you are in him. So in the book of Ephesians, on a numer- probably, I don't know how many times you can count them, it talks about being in Christ, in Christ. What you are in Christ. Not in you, in Christ. What you are in Christ. Not in you, in Christ. Not what your job gives you, in Christ. Not what your relationship gives you, what you are in Christ first. And if we don't get this, I think Ben spoke on dependency of God and Sarah said about God being number one. If we don't grasp this first and receive first this, we're going to struggle with everything else. Because everything else comes out of this. This is about making God number one and receiving from God his glory on earth as it is in heaven. So let's read Ephesians 1. Verse 3, and I love how Paul writes this, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He comes with praise and thanksgiving because it's in his heart, you see. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us, not me, not Paul, us. It's not for an individual, it's for a corporate body. It's for the church. He's blessed the church. He's blessed those who are in Christ with every spiritual blessing in Christ. So there's no lack. God's not holding anything back from you. He's not saying, they're not quite ready yet. They're not quite good enough yet. They're not smooth stones yet. Isn't it interesting how David chooses five smooth stones? We had archery yesterday. That was interesting. I mean, I've never seen the man just all of a sudden just get up and want to do something. It was like, archery, man, we fire. We kill. It's like the hunter-gatherer all of a sudden came back up again. And they were there firing. I wasn't very good. Where's Mark Pass? It's like a ninja warrior across. It's like, it's like, how does he do that? I've lost where I was now. Right, smooth stones. David could have gone and picked a rough stone from the edge, but he didn't. He picked a smooth stone. Why? Because he knew about stones. He'd learnt on a daily basis what it is if he had a smooth stone, and he probably fired that smooth stone, it would go in the direction that it should be going. If he had a rough stone, it would kind of go like that, right? Agree? So he picked a smooth stone. Listen, God doesn't pick us as smooth stones. God picks us as rough stones, and he puts us in the river to smooth us out. That's the good news. And he puts us in the river with every spiritual blessing to sort it all out. We don't do it. He does it. We don't make ourselves holy. He does it. We don't make ourselves perfect. He does it. We don't make ourselves resurrect from the dead. He does it. He is the one who does it and will do it. See, the word blessed here isn't a noun. It's a verb. It's got power. It's a doing word. It's what God does. He didn't do it. He's done it, and he'll keep doing it. He wants to bless you and understand that you are blessed with every spiritual blessing. What that does is it loses and gets rid of the excuses on your mind that's saying, I haven't got enough. I can't do this. Do you see what I'm saying? Now, I know we're human beings and we make mistakes because there's a part of us that is called the flesh our souls struggle through this world and on a daily basis. But if we are people that are led by the Spirit of God, we mature and grow and become like sons of God and become like God. So God wants his teachers to be led by his Spirit. But there's a blessing that's available to you. He's not held it back. He's not saying, nah, they, they, they've, not, they've not worked enough. They're not good enough. 
they've, they, they, they've not done enough good deeds yet to get into my kingdom. You come as you are as rough stones. And God says, let me just put you in the river and wash you up a bit. Let me just smooth you out a bit. So when I fire you, when I give you responsibility, you're going to fire straight. You're going to hit exactly what you've been designed for. Let me teach you what you're designed for. Let me teach you what you're about. Let me teach you about the gifts I've put in you. Let me teach you about the talents I've put in you. And let's smooth that out, sort your character out a little bit, so that I can give you responsibility in my kingdom. But we, we don't come as smooth stones. We come as rough stones. We come on the edge. And God says, come to me, and I'll put you in the river. I'll put you in my word, and I'll give you every spiritual blessing. So let's look at some of those spiritual blessings. We've got to remember, God is a God who blesses. He doesn't hold back. We see it with Abraham. He blesses Abraham with a promise. Abraham blesses Isaac. Isaac blesses Jacob. Jacob pulls his 12 sons together and blesses them. That is a father's heart. That is what God wants to do with you to help you understand daily how blinking blessed you are. And you say, I'm not blessed. Begin to look around and see how much love and how much people and how much things. Just look in this room right now. We can give thanks for all these people. We can give thanks for things in our lives for how blessed we are. But God's given us more than people, more than this earth. He's given us spiritual blessings. So you're blessed. So this week when you walk, hold on to that stone. I'm blinking blessed. And when them thoughts come that say you're inadequate and you're not good enough, hold on your stone and say, no, shut up. Soul, shut up. Thoughts, be quiet. Emotions, be still. My God says, I am blessed. You got it? You have to teach yourself to do that. You have to train yourself to hold on to the word and the blessing and say, I am blessed and confess in your life that I am blessed. It's the number one. That's who he is. You're blessed. We're not talking about earthly blessings. They are fine. We're talking about spiritual blessings. We're talking about other things that God has given us that the earth could not give us. The world could not give us. We can't give ourselves, but what God so generously poured out and gave us. So number one, we're blessed. Number two, let's read Ephesians 1, verses 4. Two words I want to give you here. Chose and destined. It says, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy, smooth stones, and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. So God... Not even in creation, God before creation. Just get your head around that. Before God created the world, he had a plan for you and me and for this world. And his plan is that he chose you to be in him. He chose in love that you would be in Christ. You would be loved. How many of us feel loved? Are we loved? We don't always feel loved, but we are loved. How do we know we're loved? Because God sent his one and only son into this world to die for you. Did Jesus feel loved on the cross? Probably not. But he was loving us. That, that's the truth. So tomorrow you may not feel loved. You'll get to Tuesday, Wednesday, and something will happen. You'll think, I don't feel loved. And it's usually because we have an expectation 
of what's going to happen through the week. Who remembers being at school or if you did sport, right? Or you're still at school. One of the worst nightmares at school was being picked for sport. Was it just me? And the worst one, what made it worse, was the playground picking for sport. So, like, what you had to do is we had to stand against this wall, and, like, the best footballer was the captain, and the other best footballer was the other captain, and you stood there. It was like, you know, you were lining up be shot. And it was like you stood at one end, and it went, you went, I'll have you. And you're like, I'm not first. And then I'll I'll have him, and you went, I'm not like. And if you were last, you were like, you were rubbish. You were just like, we'll have him, shove him in goal. Hence, I played in goal for about four years in primary school. And you start having like, you, know, you think I'm not good enough because I, and I, life's like that. You'll do your GCSEs and you won't get the marks that other people got. You get like seven A stars, but one of them you don't get an A star. And you feel like rubbish. Or you just don't get any GCSEs and then you feel like rubbish. Or you don't get a degree. So you don't feel as good as anybody else. And all these things, it's like, if we don't get it, or we're not chosen, or we don't achieve these levels, what does it make us feel like? It makes us feel rubbish. It makes us feel, it's like a kick in the teeth of worth and value. Has anybody ever felt like that? And this week, that will happen to you or me. We will do something, and we have an expectation of what we want it to work like, and it won't happen that way. And if we're not careful, it can discourage us and make us feel rubbish. Well, I need to say that God chose you before the beginning of time. He cho- he's not lining you up and saying, oh, I'll just keep, I'll have that one because they're brilliant at music and they're really talented, uh, but we'll get to the last one and what should we do with them? Uh, they can clean the toilets. We've all gone quiet. But God doesn't do that. He says, I've got a better way of doing it. Right, what we're going to do is we're going to plan it out from the beginning. And before the beginning of time, I'm going to choose Baz, Mark, Sora. I'm going to choose you all, and I'm going to put you in me. I mean, how awesome is that? The God of the universe chose you. Now, I've got to be honest. I probably wouldn't choose you to build a church. Can I be honest? Is that okay? Why wouldn't I choose you? I sat there this week, I'm thinking, who would I choose if I was building the church? And you say, well, you're the leader and you're building the church. Yeah, I am, but I didn't build the church. God builds the church. It's a good job he does, because if I built it, this is what I'd choose. I'd choose about 50 of me. <laughs> and you know you'd do the same, because you understand you, you like you, and like the people who come close to you, they don't get you, so you rub them up the wrong way. So I don't want that. I want 50 of me. Can you imagine that? 50 of me bouncing around in here, going here, there, and everywhere. Can you imagine? It'd be amazing. I'd bask in the presence of God. I'd love the church because it all fitted into me and what I want. Whoa, 50 of me, man. What could we do? We could go football. We could dance. We could groove. We could, don't know what else we'll do. But we'll do everything that I want to do. Most of us would pick ourselves. That's why when we're going through difficulties, we find birds of a feather and flock together. Because they can rub that pain and make us feel that. But God says, don't do that. Come to me in prayer. Come to me. Find somebody who's defeated this giant, this self-pity, who's come the other way, who's conquered it, so that I can draw you closer to me and draw you through that, so you, you can maximize your potential for the good and glory of God and for the good of others. Do you see what I'm saying? So I've got to be honest, I wouldn't pick you. But it's a good job I'm not building the church. 
Because in God's wisdom, he picks you before the creation of the world. And then he puts us together. There's a funny lot of people, I've got to be honest. So if we do something good, it's got to be for the glory of God. Because it wouldn't be me and you, would it? Come on, let's be honest. Because look at you, look at the person next to you. What a funny person to put in the church. Not exactly a smooth stone, are they? David picked smooth stones. He went, I want them perfect. I want them holy. I want the good people on my team because we don't want to all fall out. God says, no, look at what I pick. I pick this rubble and this mess and the crooked ones and the messed up ones and the sinners and I get them and I put them in me and I'm on a, I'm on a glory mission to glorify myself. God says, woo-hoo. And you got it. But we look at ourselves and think, I'm inadequacy, I'm not good enough to do it. God says, I chose you before the beginning of creation. That's how big I am. And you're looking to be on someone else's team. You want to be on the world's team? Go and be on the world's team. They will reject you. God says, I picked you to be on my team. I picked you as a left back. I picked you as a right back. I picked you as a goal scorer. I picked you to be a winner on my team. So stop looking for the team in the world and come to me and declare who you are in my team. I've done it. I've done it. I've taken this job on and you become a pastor and you think, oh, this expectation that's on you. And all of a sudden you put it on yourself and you put yourself in this model and mold compared to other churches and other pastors and, and the past. And you, all of a sudden you're wearing this Saul's armor that he's putting on you and you're like, this doesn't quite fit me. I just don't know who I am anymore. I'm losing myself in this world and I'm trying to put my sword on, but I just can't do it. And it's like, who am I? And it's like, that's not how I'm designed. So I'll shove the world's armor and whatever what he wants to put on me. You know, at the right time, I'll put that on. But at the moment, I'm not to put it on. I'm to go to God and trust in his blessing and that he chose me before the beginning of time. So this week, hold on to them stones. When inadequacy comes and the world rejects you or you don't get your, you know, success, remind yourself your reward and success is not in the world. Your reward and success, you said something wrong there, is in Christ. Have you got it? I do it all the time and then I, I get like a slap when I read the word and something comes out to me. I'm like, where have I been searching for this reward? I'm looking at somebody. I do it in church attendance. People don't turn up and I can go home like, why hasn't that person turned up every week? I'm giving my heart and soul and everything into this and those people don't turn up. And I'm, I, it can hit me like a boom, a gut in the stomach, kick between the legs and get down, see they don't follow you. They don't come. You can do it. And it can be so disheartening. But this is what I've learned. My reward is not in people. My reward is in God. And if I can keep that right and that blessing right and understand who I am in God and what he's done and that he chose us to be going, bring it in the world. I can't get my head around that. It's too big. But that's what he's done because that's how big he is. And God's building his church. I'm not building the church. And it's a good job because we'd have 50 of me. He's wise, isn't he? Because if I did it, I'd pick 50 of me. But he doesn't. He picks this person who's got this gift and this talent so we can all bring them together and put it in the pot and work together as a body. <sighs> I'm sure there's an easier way. So, blessed, chose, and destined. See, destined means that he set your destiny. Some of you may be going on holiday in the next few weeks or the next month. You know, you'll, if you go to the airport, it comes up on the screen. Destination, Turkey. Right? Destination. Paris. Destination. That's where you're going. Right? God has destined you in him. God has destined you to be a son and a daughter. So this week when you say, right, I'm going to glorify God. What's this journey I'm on? 
It's simple. Your journey is to be a son and daughter of the king. Your destination is in him. Your eternal destination is safe and secure in him. But your daily destination is to grow and mature as a son and a daughter. Those are the boundaries that keep you in. I am destined tomorrow to love, accept love, receive love from my father, and to love others as he has loved me. How do I do that? I look at him as my father, and I copy him like a father copies their son, and it transfers it onto the son or the daughter. That's who I am, and that's how I'm going to behave. So my destiny has boundaries and parameters that keep me on the path. I'm not just free and wild to go and do what I want. I'm destined as adopted. Woo! Now, I can't become a son on myself. I'm only a son because he gives birth to me. You see the difference? I can't become a good person or religious person and become in the kingdom. I'm only by faith believing in the Father and he sent his son. Believing in the son, I become born again. Therefore, I grow. Not just, I'm not just a baby anymore. I've got to grow in this process of becoming a son and taking responsibility in this world. It's good, isn't it? So he's chosen you and destined you. Your destiny is in him. It's an adopted son or daughter in the beloved. It's safe and secure Cha-ching. The next one is bestowed and lavished. That's a bit of an old name, this bestowed. I've struggled with it. But let's read Ephesians 1 verse 6. It says, To the praise of the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. Verse 7 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of, forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon me. Two words here to remind yourself, to hold on to this stone, bestowed and lavished. What does that mean? He's given it you freely. You can't earn it. Don't try and earn your, your, your worth this week. Just receive it from God. If you try and earn it, you'll wear yourself out. If you look for it in the world, you'll wear yourself out. God has freely given it you. It's called grace. We don't deserve it. It's grace and grace upon grace upon grace. That's what it is. So we try and earn it and it doesn't work. But if we actually go to the Father and say, God, I need your grace today. That's why Paul, when he writes these letters, he'll always pray, peace and grace. Your presence, Lord, and your grace. Your presence, Lord, and your grace. That is what they need. It is grace. You can't earn it. That means it's a free gift. You just have to receive. We struggle. I've got to be honest, I struggle to receive. But God wants you to receive. He doesn't want you to earn it. He wants you to receive. Because when you receive it, you're receiving the spiritual blessing from the Father in heaven. You're not trying to do it in your own strength. It will free you up. It will become more graceful with people. So when we understand this on a daily basis, we understand we've got opportunities to grow in grace. Every person you meet, every book you read, everyone you fall out with. Wow, what an opportunity. Growing grace. God, give me some grace. And it's grace upon grace on a daily basis. So hold on to it. You can't earn it. It's God's grace that he gives you. And lavished simply says this. It's blinking, blinking abundant. That's my added bit in there. It's abundance. It's abundance. My blood is abundance. My Jesus is abundance. I didn't hold any goodness back from you. I blessed you with every spiritual blessing. My son on the cross is abundance. There's nothing hold back. 
allow yourself to be in the stream and allow God to smooth you and wash you and cleanse you with the blood of Jesus Christ. You see, David understood that he understood God and the promises of God. And when he faced Goliath, the giant, he understood God. How big, how blessed he was, how abundant God is. And how rich he was in God's power and in God's presence. And it was so vast and so big, he looked at Goliath and kind of laughed at it and said, what is that? What's that? Do you know how rich God is? Do you know how much he's blessed me with? He's blessed me with his precious son. He didn't hold back, but he's blessed me with the blood of Jesus Christ. So today I'm forgiven. I make mistakes, I get it wrong, but today I'm forgiven. Why? Because his blood is that rich. And I'll tell you now, the blood of Jesus, the devil does not like it. He is intimidated by the blood. Why? Because it's pure and holy. It is full of righteousness and it is full of light and it is full of goodness. And that's what it is. So the devil doesn't like it. So as soon as you begin to grasp, whoo, I'm in the river of the blood. I'm washed in the blood of Jesus. That Jesus is the name above all names. And there's nothing that can come against me because the blood of Jesus is the name above all names. And it's above everything. So intimidation, inadequacy, lack of worth. I'm coming after you because the blood of Jesus says I'm worth it. And I'm full of value and I'm full of worth. And I'll make mistakes, but the blood of Jesus has forgiven me for that. And I'll confess my sins and I'll walk in the refreshing and the renewal of being in Christ Jesus. Hold on to your stones. Blessed, chosen and destined. Bestowed and lavished. God didn't hold back. When you doubt this week if you're loved, God didn't hold back for you. We, 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 base, we base if we're loved on feelings. But you know they change and you know people change. But God's love, we sang it early. God's love, how's it go? Never fails. Never fails. Wow. God, I fail, people fail, but your love never fails. Wow. So if it never fails, it never fails. Death doesn't run out. So you must be like an everlasting God. Maybe I'm getting a hold of this. Maybe it's sinking from here to here. And actually, it's bringing life to me. Bestowed, lavished. The next one. Made known. I said that quite seriously. Made known. <laughs> Ephesians 1, verse 9. It says, And he made known to us the mystery of his will according to the good pleasure which he purposed in Christ. He's made it known. This isn't a God who's hidden and yeah, he's mysterious and we don't understand everything about him. We'll never understand anything about him. We'll try and work him out, but we can't because he's far bigger than us in our human brains. However, he's made known his plan. So you're no longer in the dark. You're in the light. How awesome's that? You're in the light. You have the truth that Jesus Christ died for you. You're in the light. We're not hidden in the darkness anymore. We're in the light. And this light cannot be dis extinguished. It cannot go out. So we just got to shine. This little light of mine. I don't like that song. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. It's not a blinking little light. 
I'm sorry, whoever wrote that song, I get it, I understand it, you teach your children. It's a big blinking fire that's ablaze and it's setting the world on fire. So let's keep putting fuel on it and fanning it and lifting it up and declaring that God is on the throne. This little light of mine. Have you ever done that with a fire? Try and get your fire in. I mean, it's going out, it's going out. I've had one of them. What's that thing you've bought me? That fire thing. Hmm? Chim- chimney or something. I've got to know what it's, don't know what it's, what's it called. A chimney, a little chimney thing in my back garden, right? I mean, Sarah's really, really wise, but I've just had a ho- my whole lawn artificial grass. It's plastic. I was like, she didn't see that one coming. I said, it's okay. We'll, we'll build something else for it. Go on. But I'm putting it in like, <laughs> trying to blow it in. That's what we've got to do. We've got to go to God. This, this gift in here, we've got to fan it into flames. We've got some belief in ourselves, what God's put in us. <laughs> little light of mine. Go and let it shine. Okay, God's made it known you're not in the dark. When you feel like you're in the dark, you need to grab hold of that stone. When you feel that you're not saved, you need to grab hold of the stone. This little light of mine, I'm going to keep it in my hand. God's made it known to you. He's revealed his plan through Jesus Christ on the cross. And there's a greater plan that's to come that we've not yet seen, but he's still revealed partly. We don't know what it's going to look like, how it's going to work out, but we know Jesus is coming back because that's my next point. He says this. To be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment. To bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. Wow. So God is going to do this. He's going to bring it all together. He's going to gather it all together. And he's going to judge each one of us at the end time. And he is the head of it all. Not us, not me. He is the head, and he's going to gather it all in. How awesome is God? So in other words, death, sin, this world may bring many disappointments, but God is on the throne, and God's going to gather it all in and sort it out. So we don't need to worry. We just need to get on with what we're going on with. We need to get on with the mission so that others are gathered in, Others know that they're chosen. Others know that they're blessed. Others can live in the lavishness and the goodness and the, the, the abundance of what God's got. That's what's got, got to come out of us. But God's going to gather it all in. Let's read what it says about David when he faces Goliath. It says in 1 Samuel 17, 45 to 47, David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. I will gather you in because God is going to gather you in. Just as I pick up these stones that I've put in my bag, God's going to gather all you in into my hand. And I'll strike you down and cut off your head. Why? Because you're not the head, Satan. The world is not the head. God is the head. And God is going to gather it all in. So he says, I'm not intimidated by you because I know what God's promise is. I know what's in my shepherd's bag. I know who the shepherd is. And I'm holding on to my promises. And you may intimidate me. You may threaten me. You may say I'm no good. But this is what my God says. He's going to gather it all in because he's the head. 
So what does he do? He takes one of the smooth stones out, one of the promises of God. He puts it in his sling. He slings it at Goliath. Where does it hit him? In his head. To say, you're not the head. My God is the head. And my God is taking your head off because death, you have no sting over my God. And he sends Jesus Christ to ultimately conquer death itself. The Goliath, the giant of this world that no longer has a hold on this world. The hold has been loosed. And God now has the keys to the kingdom. And it's our job to proclaim the kingdom so that we can gather others into the kingdom. The kingdom of light, not of dark. I think God's awesome. David throws his stone, hits the Goliath, takes him off. And he says this, those gathered here, those gathered here, will know that it is not my sword or spear that the Lord saves for the Lord's battle. For the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. All of the world, everything is going to come into the hand of God, and God's going to judge us all. In the process, it's our job to get out there with the gospel, that God offers his mercy, his love, in loving kindness is grace available to all of us in this world. And we're in a window of opportunity where we can share the gospel. Are you with me? So have you got your five stones this week? I don't know what stone you need. I don't know what giant you face. But I'll guarantee one of those promises will help you this week. Maybe it's inadequacy, lack of worth, that you keep going back to yourself, your own feelings, and you need to change the way you think and renew your mind to think, actually, God died for me and he loved me. I'm, I'm going to stop battling with this giant now. I've had enough of it. I'm just going to surrender my heart and my life to Jesus, and I'm going to ask him to wash me in the river. Because them rough edges, I've had enough of them. They're prickly, they're hurting me. They're hurting other people, actually, and it's time that I got in the river. It's time that I put myself in the truth and to allow the Holy Spirit to come into my life and wash me and cleanse me and smooth them areas out. They, 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 they're not helping me, they're not helping people. They're not maximizing my potential to glorify God, and it's not for the good of others because it's affecting me and others. Are you with me? God's not going to beat you up or tell you off. He wants to wash you and cleanse you like a loving father, brings you into his arms and nurture you and rebuild you and make you well again. But what is your giant? What is the thing that, what promise are you going to grab onto this week? Or might, might even this week something happens, you've got to grab onto one of those promises and say, I'm not being intimidated. I don't know what your giant is. That's between you and God. You see, in about 1912, there's a story of um, a baseball team. I just want to finish with this. Do you want to come up? There's a baseball team. And it's, it's getting win after win. I think it's the New York, are the Giants? Are the Giants? I'm looking for some baseball players. No? American football. I've got the wrong team then, anyway. So anyway, it's... it's um, it's a team anyway, right? I should have done more research. Okay? But apparently, they're getting victory after victory after victory. 26 victories they get. But there's a bit of a superstition that's kind of gone on. And what happens is, during the game, when the, when, when the team is winning and you think, like, this game's over, there was a geezer. And what this geezer did, he picked up the bag with the balls in. And he picked up the bag... And he'd walk off when he was confident that the game was over and the match was won. And they'd always look at him and say, he's walking, it's in the bag. And that's where the phrase comes, it's in the bag. 
And why do I tell you that? Because when David picked up the stones, he picked the promises up and he put them in the shepherd's bag. And I'm here to tell you today that God is the God who is above all things. He's the God who saves, he's the God who heals, he's the God who forgives, and it's in the bag. Your salvation is in the bag. You can't earn it, it's the gift of God. Are you in the bag? Are you in the promise? Have you put your faith in Jesus Christ as God alone, who will raise you from the dead? I know for me, I put my life in the shepherd's bag. But whatever you face this week, when you're intimidated, whatever it is you face, remind your own mind, your own flesh, whatever. No, shh. My God has given me victory. It's in the bag. My shepherd is my shepherd. He is the greatest shepherd. He is the good shepherd. He is nurturing my soul. He keeps my soul safe. Blessed be the name of the Lord. It's in the bag. And many of us, we try and earn it. Or we look for the world that we, world choose me. And God's saying, no, 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 I've chose you. My love, look how great it is. It's in the bag. My grace, my kindness. I sent my son. He poured out his blood. I can't show you any more love than I've showed you. Just need to receive it fully. Are you with me? It's in the bag. We don't need to worry. We don't need to stress. We don't need to get anxious if God loves us. God blinking loves us with everything. And he's lavishes upon us. So what are you facing this week? What stone are you going to hold on to? Do you know you're in the shepherd's back? I'm going to pray. You know, let's pray. Let's bow our heads wherever you are. You know, ask God to speak to your heart. He knows what you need more than you know yourself. Maybe you're doing well. Maybe, you know, you know you're blessed. You know you're loved. And maybe it's, a, a, you know, you could think of a new season or something where God wants to, you know, use that blessing and bless somebody else. So let's pray. Now in the book of Ephesians, further on, Paul prays after he tells him the power of God and the goodness of God. He prays. And he says, I pray that they would have a spirit of wisdom and revelation. That's all he prays. He prays some other things, but he said, I pray that they would have a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Why? He says, so they would know God. So Father, I pray this morning for each one of us in this room to have a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you would reveal how blessed we are, how we're chosen, how we're destined, how you've bestowed your love upon us freely, how you've lavished us with your goodness, how you've revealed it and made it known, and that one day you'll gather us in. Father, I pray for a spirit of wisdom and revelation on this church, for each one of us to know your love, to know you. There's nothing greater, Lord, than to stand in your presence, in your glory, face to face, and be able to know you, your peace your presence, your joy, your kindness. There's nothing greater, Father, than to know you. So Holy Spirit, you are the revealer of truth. You are the healer. And I pray that you would bring comfort, bring healing, begin to reveal your goodness in our hearts. 
so that we could glorify you and help others in this world. And God, if there's people here who don't know you, we just pray for them this morning. You can pray a prayer with me and know God this morning. It's simple. Just say, God, forgive me of my past. I choose to believe in you, that you sent your son, and I receive your forgiveness and give my life to you. And if you want to pray that prayer, you just pray it in your heart right now. Pray it with me. God, I thank you for sending your son. Forgive me of my past. I choose to trust you. Amen.